Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I talk to your WWE champion, Big E. That's right. The rise of Big E in the WWE and now the face of Monday Night Raw. Also, in my opinion, the face of Rhodes to the top. That's right. My favorite character, Teal Rhodes, joins us right here on the Busted Open Podcast. First round draft pick, night number one of the WWE 2021 draft. And oh yeah, star of new Netflix movie, Escape the Undertaker. Our pleasure to be joined right now, as I said, your WWE champion, Big E. Big E, good morning to you. Morning, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I mean, how how does it feel? Before we even get started, Dave, before I even get started, I just need to say on the air live to congratulations to uh, to Big E on becoming the WWE champion. Very happy for you, and I think you're doing an awesome job. Thank you, Bubba, man. It's been uh, it's been a long. I feel like, man, I'm trying to remember the time, you know, around the era that uh, you and I were, were in the ring together. It feels like uh, so much has happened since then. It's been a few years, but uh, man, I'm grateful that I've gotten the time and the opportunity to, to really grow uh, since then. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride. You know, Biggie, I was there the night at the Meadowlands when you were with Dolph Ziggler outside the ring when he won the WWE championship and the place just went berserk. You know, what was it for you seven years later to be able to have that moment for yourself and the crowd to react the way they did when you won the championship? Oh, man, it's uh, pretty incredible. So for me, I don't really know if I've talked much about this, but um, for me, kind of my marker when I first realized All right, this is the role I'm going to be in uh, as a heater, as a bodyguard was like Batista is kind of that was like the best case scenario as a guy who came in as a heater and then eventually became a star. And he was always a guy like, I hoped that one day I could take this role as Dolph's bodyguard doing something fun. And like like you said, man, that cash in, that's an all time great cash in. And that moment, that's when a lot of pops ever. But uh, yeah, that was always my hope. And you never know, man, a lot, you know, it's not, it's not too common you see heaters and bodyguards really do 
do a whole lot more beyond that role. So uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that uh, it definitely took me some time, but uh, I'm grateful I got to go from from that moment to uh, my, my journey with the New Day and then uh, getting to becoming WWE champion. E, one of the things that I have been very impressed with from you over the past couple of weeks is your wind. Now, we know about being in shape, which you obviously are and have been your entire career. There's also in ring shape, which means that you might not look like you're on the cover of Mr. Olympia, but you have really good wind in the ring. You got great lung strength. You being a part of the New Day for so long, being able to rely on other guys at time and getting a breather every once in a while. Then you go off on your own. You're working. You're doing your IC uh, championship run. You're in the ring. But lately... Your matches as a singles guy have been superior in my eyes to a lot of the other stuff because it's how much gas you've had in the tank towards the end. As we know, it's not about the first five minutes. It's about the last five minutes. And you better be able to go in the last five minutes as you have been able to go in the first five. Um, Do you notice a difference in your conditioning? Has it been a little bit more difficult for you to just rely on yourself almost at a a much higher level of match because what i'm seeing from you lately is another gear and a different speed are you feeling that out there also yeah well um yeah that's actually a great point that i don't think anyone has really asked me about um one of the things that i've been able to do this last like year or so is my my weight's really come down i've been i've honestly i dipped into the 240s uh yesterday i was like 248 after a workout but I've been typically about 250 to 255, which meant when you and I were working around that time a few years ago, for the longest time, I was about 305, 310, like way heavier than I needed to be. Um, but yeah, I think losing the weight uh, and me just being, I, I've also been more uh, fastidious with my diet and just just trying to add more cardio days. So it's been important to me, like, you know, like you said, when, when you're in this position as WWE champion, you can't be a big guy who only has 10 minutes in you and then, you, you know, you're, you're barely getting through matches. So, uh, yeah, I, I felt a difference, you know, with those lifestyle changes, with cleaning up my, my diet and uh, also just having that last year or so to get my feet wet as a singles alone and doing the IC stuff, uh, you know, really helped me with my conditioning. You know, Biggie, I want to get into the movie. comes out tomorrow on Netflix, Escape the Undertaker, an interactive Halloween special. Talk about what we're going to see starting tomorrow. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It, it has that. I don't know if, uh, you know, I came up on those choose your own adventure style books. Uh, and those were so cool as a kid. I love those. And this is this is uh, in a very similar vein. You as a member of the, of the Netflix audience, you get an opportunity to select which direction the three of us go in when we are in Undertaker's creepy uh, mansion. But, you know, it, it's a fun uh light but you know kind of scary at times it has that, that horror element of course because you know it's undertaker and uh halloween is right around the corner so um i, I hope uh, i actually haven't had a chance to, to see it or in, or interact with it yet so uh you know when it drops tomorrow uh, i'm hoping everyone you know gets an opportunity to to give it a view and uh it's it's fun you know i it, we had a lot of fun doing it you know at one point i had a, a glass box of tarantulas crawling over my head and that was the most fun day so uh, we hope that people give it a shot. You know, I get it. You know, it's a little bit out of the norm, but it's it's meant to be fun and enjoyable. So definitely give it a shot. October 5th, it's on Netflix. 
WWE uh, stepping in the ring with The Undertaker and doing business with him in the world of pro wrestling and sports entertainment is one thing. What was it like um, acting in a movie with The Undertaker? What, what Was it a different Undertaker? Was it a more laid-back Undertaker? Was it a fun Undertaker? Yeah, no, he was fun. Uh, and, and you know, uh, Larry, uh, Larry Heck was there. You know Larry, uh, our trainer. And uh, Larry was just beaming because... You know, we just had those moments at, uh, you know, when we had our, our breaks and our lunch breaks where we're all just kind of sitting around and it's Undertaker telling stories. It's, it's him and Larry playing cards. And, uh, you know, it, it feels like Taker was, you know, when we're shooting our scenes, he's obviously very into the scenes and, and there and present. But the, the moments before and after and in between, you know, it, it's just cool to kind of pick his brain uh, from a guy who is a legend and has been around for a very, very long time. So that it was cool to see, you know, both sides of, of, of take You know, and Biggie, it's it's you and the other members of the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, which I, I love that no matter how much success any one individual has in this group, it's still a group, the New Day. And, and I know that's something that is done on purpose with you. Talk about the special relationship all three of you have. Well, you know, we really just built a bond and it's hard to believe it. it's been over seven years. But in 2014, when we were really working on putting this group together and, you know, the, the three of us were really floundering in our careers. And I think what really fortified our bond is the fact that we had to go through so many ups and downs. We were told no so many times. We, had, we were laughed at by so many people because this idea that the three of us wanted to do together, a lot of people found laughable. Well, you know, even and, and we'll, I have no problem saying his name, but, you know, Big Show. Uh, was someone who, in front of our faces, would tell uh, Kofi, hey, you don't need to be hanging around those guys. And he, he meant it. Like, you're better than than, than de dealing with them. Uh, but I'm so grateful that uh, the three of us bet on ourselves and uh, believed in ourselves and that really forged our bond. And the reason I don't mind saying Big Show's name is because he apologized many times and said, like, you guys you guys did things your way, and, and it worked. And, and I appreciate him for that. Um, but, yeah, you know, that, that really, those rough times, uh, you know, oftentimes it can drive people or families or friends apart. But for us, it, it brought us closer together. And uh, and I love those guys so much. And I love that we can do something unique in wrestling. You don't see a ton of stories uh, of people who have real love and affection for each other, especially among men. You know, it's kind of I think it's just kind of cool to portray uh, a male friendship, you know, between three guys um, in, a, in a positive way. Um, the fact that we... Woods and I got to be in a gauntlet match to get Kofi uh, a world title match. It's, it's something you never really see. Um, two guys working to get someone else an opportunity. So, uh, you know, after all these years, we're as tight as ever. And I can't be, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more grateful for those guys. E, you talked about the bond that you have with with Kofi and Xavier, the bond with your with your fellow New Day mates is also the bond of the boys, the fe your fellow uh, guys and gals in the locker room. But when you went when you won the WWE Championship, it seems like this bond from the boys went farther. Can you please talk about how it made you feel to see wrestlers from all over the world, wrestlers from other companies, all taking to social media and basically collectively putting you over not necessarily as much for the championship victory but for one of the good guys finally getting what he's earned and deserved i i was extremely humbled everyone was was so kind and uh you know in, in many ways i still see myself as a failed former football player uh who was very lucky just to get signed 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's all very, very humbling. You know, I got, I got an opportunity to kind of find my place in the world to, to find what I was, you know, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's beautiful. You know, so many people work their entire lives uh, towards something and they don't feel fulfilled in it. They don't feel like they're, you know, you, you never really find what, what, what is your lane. And I feel like I, I found it, you know, I found my purpose and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for the, you know, the ability to grow. I think too oftentimes, you know, in our industry too, we see guys, especially men and women when they're greener or when they're younger, we don't give them that opportunity to, to move beyond that, to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've been able to have, you know, to, to make those leaps over time. Uh, but man, like that's winning the, the, the title has meant so much to me, but also the outpouring of love, everyone being, you know, and, and so many people like getting it from fans is, is awesome. And that's the goal, too. But, you know, also how special it is from people that you have, you know, you've been watching for years that you have a ton of respect for some of the very best in this industry when they take the time to say, you know, hey, good job or, or whatever it is to be kind. That that that's the stuff that that's, um, you know, really humbling to me and so many people in the company and outside of the company uh, also took time to uh, whether it was a tweet or a text or whatever. Uh, man, that, that it's beyond humbling for me. And and it's great. And I know you're appreciative of it. And that was a great answer. But now you're champ. So now you're on Monday Night Raw, you know, the flagship show of the WWE for for years and years. And you're kind of the face of the franchise, so to speak. When you're a WWE champion, you're the top guy. I mean, how does it feel to be in that position? Is there pressure being in that position? Uh, I don't feel a certain pressure. I guess more of a responsibility. For me, um, you know, I, I think we have the roster. And obviously the rosters are shifting with the draft. But, you know, on both shows, regardless, uh, I think we have an incredible roster. I don't feel a certain pressure. I feel more of a responsibility, you know, to keep making the show uh, the best it can be. The name of the movie is Escape the Undertaker. Comes well, out tomorrow on Netflix. Uh, interactive Halloween special again. Escape the Undertaker starring The New Day, The Undertaker, but especially your WWE champion, Big E. Big E, thank you so much for the time today. We truly appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Hey. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my SiriusXM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The star of Roads to the Top on TNT that you can see immediately after Dynamite Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern is our guest right now. And that is Teal Rhodes. Teal, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us here on Busted Open. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Dave and Bully. It's good to, good to be here to chat. Teal, right off the bat, how does it feel to have Cody Rhodes' arch nemesis, Dave LaGreca, call you the star of the show? I mean, I think that's going to hit pretty hard, you know? I think that's going to be... It's going to be tough for him. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, mentally come back from that, you know. <laughs> well, well, Teal, there's a lot to get into because we got to talk about roads to the top. Again, right. I was in the main event segment. You saw me, Dave LaGreca, near the end of that show, which was the tease to get you tune in to the next week. So perfectly placed uh, having yeah. me at the end of that show. But Teal... Like, first of all, when it comes to Cody, and obviously I have all the respect in the world for your brother. He's an amazing wrestler, amazing mind when it comes to pro wrestling. But uh, he is a nerd. And, and the reason I say that word when describing Cody is that he makes judgment calls based on your fandom of the movie Star Wars. Star Wars I'm, not yeah. a, I'm not a fan of Star Wars. So he completely hates me based on that fact alone. So I, I, I think something has to be said about that, Teal. Yeah, well, it's I am not a Star Wars fan either, and I because you have a life has, and you have a personality. That's why. But go on. I know that he and you have a lot of you know that there's a lot of tension there because of the the whole Star Wars drama. I think I've wow. probably gone to nine midnight showings with him of Star Wars movies <laughs> like through my life, where it's just like. I had I don't understand what's happening, you know. Yeah, makes no sense. Well, you could you could always have Cody explain it to you. I'm sure he's more than willing to sit there for hours upon hours and dissect everything to you. Diagrams, yeah, the whole thing. Teal, don't do do yourself a favor. Don't ask that question, please. (laughs) But seriously, Teal, like. Watching Roads to the Top on Wednesday, and I do feel that you are the star of that show because 
you kind of, you know, intentionally or not, bring the drama to Rhodes to the top. A little, a little drama. It's, I didn't want to do the show. Let me just go on record in the first place. When we filmed the um, kind of pilot or treatment for it, I was like, I don't think this is for me. They were kind of going in a certain direction and then it got picked up and we chatted about it. And I was like, you know, why not? You know, I, uh, I don't mind the attention. <laughs> so why, why not give it a, give it a go. Teal, why did you not think it was for you at the very beginning? Um, some of the subject matter was, I felt like, um, kind of well-treaded, um, Dustin, Dusty, some of that stuff, um, which we do talk about on the show. I haven't seen them all, so I'm not sure what they used, but um, it felt a little heavy and some industry kind of people that I'm close to kind of gave me some advice. Like you, you really need to be careful about what you reveal about your family because they're going to use it all, you know? And, and that's a big undertaking, Bully, I would think, too, Teal, that, like, you know, you're going to be in front of that camera. And I'm sure there's things that happen in the living room, in the kitchen, at family functions yeah. that, hey, you don't want to share with the public. Like, one of those, like, turn off the camera type moments, I would think. <laughs> right. We shot a whole family cooking scene in my kitchen with my mom, with Dustin, with Cody, and I'm pretty sure it all got scrapped because it was so much like talking over each other and just like, la like it was not usable footage. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The great thing about Roads to the Top is it wasn't super produced. They didn't give us like a ton of scene setups, but um, we are all so kind of wild that that one I don't think made it. Teal, the way you come across to me is that you are the most protective of the Rhodes name. Would that be an accurate assessment? Yeah, I think um, we joke and we say it on the show a lot that I'm the keeper of the flame. You know, I'm like uh, the Albert to Cody's uh, Batman a little bit. Is there is there a... I mean, obviously the family and, and everything that comes with it. But what about your family name do you feel so necessary to protect, you know, forever? The integrity, the the the, the history, the, the memory. Why to you does it come across um, more important than it might be to Cody or to Dustin? I don't think that it's more important, but I think that being in the business for so long, there's versions of Dusty that kind of over time are caricatures or, you know, not really who he was as a man. And I think that is important to me that, you know, all the stories and all the Dusty lore that grows, that's great. But there was also a real complicated, you know, imperfect, but great man that I want people to remember, you know, those kind of things about him as a father and as a grandfather, that's important to me. And I also think for Cody and Dustin, because of the, just being in the business, sometimes it's hard to 
separate that sometimes when you're always having to talk about dad, you know, dusty stuff all the time. I also am protective because he kept a lot of secrets. He did not reveal a lot about the business and he had a reputation as someone who's professional and who really deeply cared about the industry. And, um, I just, you know, I want to keep, I want to maintain that. Teal, when you say that Dusty uh, kept a lot of secrets and didn't reveal a lot about the business, do you believe um, that he would not agree what was going on today? Uh, and and how did he protect the business more than we do today? I just think that you, we've talked a lot about never once growing up did we ever have a conversation like, this is what's going to happen I never know the end of anything. And that's just how Cody and I both were raised. I think once Cody became a young man and was so interested in wrestling, they probably had some more conversations. But I just like, you know, the not knowing and the being in the moment of it. When I say he protected the business, kind of that's what I mean, more of the kind of old school mentality. And I don't think he would disagree with it at all because he was very forward thinking um kind of an entertainment and i think that he would have kind of well even then he saw that this is the way it's going you're not going to be able to say okay i'm you know hate this guy forever whatever when you know it's just it is what it is with social media and all the backstage you know stuff being a part of the content now you know, I, I bought your, your, your father's book when it first came out. Gosh, it's, it's probably about 17 years ago now. And then I just reread it, you know, during the pandemic. And, you know, when I was reading it for the second time, because now a lot's changed in my life since I read that book. You know, now, you know, I'm married and I, I'm a father. And I kind of read it, you know, he's so proud of you. And, he, and they're so proud of, of your brother Cody as well and talks yeah. a lot about you in his book. And I and when I read it the second time, I read it as a father and I and I yeah. and it kind of connected with me because I always think of Dusty Rhodes and what it must be like for your brothers as him as a wrestler. But he's also just your dad. And like it must have been very difficult for you because, you know, having, you know, somebody that's a celebrity in such a secretive, you know, space like pro wrestling is as as your father, as your dad. Yeah. We, um, I mean, not, not a spoiler, but just to get everybody to tune in, we do talk a lot about that um, in some of the interviews we did for Roads to the Top and kind of growing up in the business before it was so open and the moving around a lot and people always having this kind of opinion about you know, it's a weird gig, you know, and especially then it was kind of um, Cody and I developed a real closeness growing up because we kind of always felt, you know, like we were a little different. Teal, um, recently we've seen the animosity or the hints of animosity with Arn and Cody. Uh, we had Arn on our show last week in where he said, you know, Cody is wearing too many hats. Take us behind the curtain just a little bit. 
Now with Roads to the Top added to minutes, the game show, the big show that he was involved in, right. having a family, trying to be a wrestler, do you believe he is wearing too many hats? Maybe. I think that it's fair to have those um, worries. Mine is more, I see that kind of um, same tiredness in him because I mean, he doesn't sleep. He works all the time that it's more for me worrying about a physical burnout for him. And as far as Arn goes, um, you know, there's some, some tension there. Uh, we love Arn, but I mean, can you trust a horseman ever? I don't know. It's actually pretty strong words from Teal because it's true. When you look at the history between the Rhodes family and the horse yeah. family. You know, you brought the you brought up the burnout, and to be quite honest, one of the things that I did notice on that first uh, episode of Road to the Top were his eyes. His eyes yeah. were very red, and the bags under his eyes are starting to you know are starting to form. And he does have a lot going on, so I could see as his sister how you would be extremely concerned about that because you know the life that your dad left, and it was pro wrestling, three hundred and sixty five days a year, right. and it's almost like you. You kind of, you have concern for your brother. You don't want to see that same thing happen, that burnout happen. Exactly. And the Runnels dark circles, the Rhodes dark circles are a real thing. But I do see a lot of similarities at their ages when I look back at pictures. And yeah, it you do worry as a, as a sister, like, you know, are you taking care of yourself? But, you know. I get it. And also, I would have to think, Teal, that ego comes into play a little bit as well. Like your dad, mm -hmm. you know, he was in the credits. If you watch those old wrestling shows on TBS, your dad's name was in the credits. But the viewer never knew that. You know, the right. viewer did never saw that side. Cody has no mind telling you, hey, I'm great in the ring. But also, don't forget, I'm also the guy behind the scenes that runs the show as well. So a little bit of ego, I would think, would be involved too. And that could get in the way at times. Sure. I mean, ego is, um, I think my mom says, show me a wrestler that doesn't have an ego and I'll show you a wrestler who never drew a dime. That's her, not me. So I think She's that accurate. That is, yeah, I think that's always... Ego and the roses, that seems to be something that, whether it's always fair or not, we just accept that that's, you know, it is partly true, and it's definitely going to be something that people people ride you on, too, being, you know, having this huge ego. Teal, we, we, we know a little bit about your relationship with Cody and how tight you and Cody were growing up, how you threatened to beat people up in high school. Um, I'm sure you're still very protective. But as time has gone on, I've seen um, more of a camaraderie and brotherly love with Dustin and Cody. Can you talk to the relationship between the three of you over the past I'll just say, since All In happened, has it strengthened? And have Cody and Dustin um, formed more of a bond since then? They definitely have. When Cody and Dustin were tagging together as Stardust and Goldust there at the end, um, I mean, it's not, you know, trade secrets to say they were not getting along. My dad did not want them tagging together anymore. They didn't. Dustin moved in with us when we were, I mean, we were so little and Dustin, I think was 16 or when Cody was born. 
And while he did live with us, um, you know, they weren't close really until they were kind of forced to work together. And there was a lot of tension at that time, but since All In and Dustin really being behind the scenes in the women's division and, you know, coaching and that, they have gotten really close and it's, there's more of a tenderness there. I think that, you know, wasn't, I mean, I think it was always there because Dustin is just, everybody loves Dustin. He's so kind hearted, but I think that that's been one of the great things about AEW and where they're at now. You just mentioned everyone loves Dustin. Does everyone love Cody? Um, ooh, that's interesting. Um, everyone who really knows Cody does love Cody. Yes, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot that's kind of online and stuff that for me, you don't want to overanalyze it because it just doesn't connect to who he is on camera or in real life. So. I would say Dustin has had more time to kind of settle into that veteran role and it's, you know, it's more cozy for him. You know, you mentioned social media. What has it been like with you and social media? Here's the the big debut episode of Roads to the Top. You're a fan favorite already. And I see you buying in a little bit, liking and retweeting yeah. some of the tweets that were coming in after yeah. after the first episode. And, of course, you can watch Roads to the Top every Wednesday on TNT immediately after AEW Dynamite. So how does it feel to, like, kind of get the attention that you've been getting since that debut episode? Well, you know, I've always had a really active wrestling social media. I felt like that's where I could connect with fans of my dad and, you know, where it was kind of fun. And then a couple of years ago, Twitter got way less fun just in general. I, you know, where I didn't look at it as much, but I saw a lot of really funny stuff that was positive. And the only negative things I saw, you know, I have that like fighter instinct where I want to reach, I want to fight every one of those people on Twitter. You know what I mean, <laughs> I have the time. I'm a stay at home mom. I will get into it with you. But I also know that's, you know, you just have to, it's part of doing a reality show is the social media drama. Were, <clears throat> were, were was the entire fam- family adamant about giving the fan base and the viewers as real of a snapshot of the Rhodes family as possible. How much of this reality show is truly reality? I would say almost all of it. We were, we overshare in general. That's kind of our, like, wear your heart on your sleeve, kind of. We all have that, my siblings um, and me and, you know, my dad to a certain extent. So, we were already really open about what we went through after he passed and, you know, drama with other wrestling companies. So there was no point to, you couldn't stuff that all back in. It was already out there, you know. You know, you mentioned the character Stardust before, which I thought Cody really put all his energy and heart into. Um, Mm -hmm. When your dad passed, I think myself and every wrestling fan thought, all right, they're going to drop this Stardust character and we're going to see Cody. And, you know, they're going to push him to the top of the card because everybody was looking towards Cody. 
I really feel if they went in that direction, we wouldn't see AEW right now. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, they can have their own opinions, but AEW doesn't happen if Cody didn't leave of his own accord and make that little list and, you know, throw himself into the fire. I mean, it's just, there are a lot of other pieces that had to come together Mm -hmm. too. And obviously Tony Khan being kind of the kingpin of really all that momentum that these guys had built together and separate, but none of this happens without Cody leaving. And I cried. I, when he told me he was done, done, we had talked about it a lot. I sat in the car and I cried because I thought, you know, he wanted to be a world champion. That was always his goal. And it's over. You know, Dave, you know what I find interesting about Teal's timeline, which happens in wrestling a lot when it comes to the Cody AEW story, is Ring of Honor is left out. And, you know, yep. Cody spent that time in Ring yes. of Honor. And when Teal talks about the jump from WWE to AEW, well, there's, a, there's about three years in there called yep. Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor had every opportunity to be AEW. I mean, yeah. Teal, I see you shaking your head. Chime in here. Like, they really dropped the ball on him. And they had the capital, and they were super – Cody really talks fondly about that period because they gave them all a lot of creative freedom that had been missing. But they just were kind of – I mean, I don't know. But my guess is they were kind of happy with where they were at and like, that niche in the business, and they weren't looking to – elevate to that next level competition wise. But yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, that was a surprise that they didn't want to just take all those guys, you know? And I'm a fan of the show. Again, it's roads to the top on TNT immediately after AEW dynamite each and every Wednesday. If you're watching dynamite and bully, we know now consistently over a million people watch dynamite every week. I mean, for me, immediately after, I think it's the perfect show to watch. And you see a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of AEW, uh, which I, you know, and you're getting to see some of these wrestlers on a personal level, which I think is awesome. I I, I said it at the beginning of the interview, Bully, and I said it to you. Now, I, I we got Teal on, but before even Teal was booked as a guest, I said this to you, Bully, that I really love the dynamic of Teal on the show, her no nonsense attitude, her cutting through the bullshit. Like, I think she's a, an amazing addition uh, to this oh. show. So she's must watch. And obviously, you, Teal, you saw it like people are buying into that as well. You're definitely a fan favorite. So I think it's a must watch. If you're watching Dynamite, definitely watch it. You got my wife hooked. She's not a big okay. wrestling person, but she's she loves your show. So congratulations on the early success. The numbers were very good. For the first episode, I hope they grow as the as the weeks go on. So thank you so much for the time today, and thanks for the opportunity. And who knows, maybe as things start to grow, you know, maybe we'll get you on more. Also, too, Teal, and I almost forgot, and this is important. We have a okay. segment on this show with our very own Gabby, our associate producer here, called Diva on Divas. And she talks a lot about the reality shows that are attached to pro wrestling. So if you don't mind, Teal, is it okay if I bring Gabby in for a question? Oh, that'd be great. Gabby? 
Hello, Do you have a Teal. question for Teal Rhodes? <laughs> yes. Hi, Gabby. Hi. So after watching that premiere episode um, and you seeing Brandy kind of say that the hardest relationship for her and the family is the relationship between you and her, I just want to know, as somebody who's very close with my brothers and I do have sister-in-laws that I've had issues with as well, how do you balance out those relationships? Like when she discussed, you know, having the issue with using the name, did that put a strain in your relationship with Cody? Was he defending his wife to you? Like, how do you balance that? And then also talk a little bit about your relationship with Brandy now, if you can. Um, yeah, me and Brandy are definitely in a better place now, but a lot of the stuff between her and I on the show is a lot of growing pains from some... Um, things that we kind of issues drama that we had early on in their marriage that for whatever reason you know we tried to squash it a bunch of times but all those little things just kept building and when I first got contacted about the show they already knew all my business like and I was surprised by that I was wow. like okay wow that's you know you kind of have to be like, well, they already know. So I'm not gonna, um, I'm always honest. So, you know, there's some things you're not proud of, but you just gotta, you gotta deal with it. But it's better now. We're in a better place now, but watching, I didn't watch the shows. I didn't see the footage that was used. And as soon as she said that about the Rhodes name line, I was like, well, off to the races, you know? No, for sure. That's, that's awesome. I think the thing with reality shows, it will bring up a lot of stuff just watching that you might've actually gotten over before. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how, how it goes for you guys, but we picked you as MVP in my segment on Friday. Right. So thank you. Continue. <laughs> that's thank that's so going to be, I got to maintain that now though. That's, that's really, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep it up. Yes, definitely. Pressure's thank you on. so much. Thanks. T.O. Rhodes, again, Rhodes to the top on TNT immediately after AEW Dynamite each and every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. T.O., thank you so much for the time. Uh, can't wait for episode number two. I'm sure it's going to be big viewership, especially if a clip of me is on it again like it was last week. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, you got to go for that ratings grab, I guess. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.